With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Zoltan today. Enjoy your Podcast with Miller and Dace Thursday night week. Gosh, this is week five already, Steve. Time to offer up our predictions on the uh, coming weekend of games. First of all, we just both got done watching Iowa State lose to Texas, and there's a lot of Iowa fans on Twitter that were following that one. I, I just got to say this. I mean, David Montgomery gets for the game 12 touches, nine rushes. Jacob Park, who was overthrowing the ball all night, 48 passing attempts, and Iowa State was in this game the entire night. I do not get that one bit. You're 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 an Iowa State fan. You got to help me out here. I thought the whole night was uh, an embarrassment for Iowa State. I don't know what those uniforms are. I don't know what that was. You don't like the helmets? Yeah, it's not even your school colors. I mean, I, I don't. You That's know, never I don't stopped know. them before, but. Well, I mean, uh, that, well, there's some truth there. The old, uh, what I used to call the attack of the killer tomato uniforms out of yeah. the all three different shades of red. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a Minnesota maroon. I don't know what that was. I mean, the logo was kind of cool, other than the fact it actually wasn't the school color. I don't know what those gray pants are. Uh, and I know I'm middle-aged, uh, get-off-my-lawn guy now. I don't get the gray, the gray craze, but if you're going to do it, then, like, wear gray uniforms don't you know uh, don't wear gray with your actual uniform and then your helmet's not the right color your coach and quarterback uh get into a fight on the sidelines Uh, texas you hold them to 17 points and that still is more touches than your best player received in the whole game total i just thought the entire event and you know i'm I, i i never really used to hold back before as i get older and I actually see how much all this stuff costs now, I hold back even less. If you're an Iowa State fan, you spent four hours of your time tonight. You can't get back to watch that. For what? So on third and one, they'll go four wide and throw incomplete on the first drive. So a guy will decide because he got a three and out in the first quarter. He's going he's gonna to freaking, uh, you know, dance the jig at the Champs-Élysées. Get the hell off the sidelines, dude. You act like you've never gotten a three and out in your life. It's a three and out, man. So let's give him 15 yards and a touchdown. It was just, it was embarrassing. Amateur hour all night long. Amateur hour. Defense played tough, played their butts off. But Texas has no offense. I mean, they're, they're, they have, they had, they have three new offensive linemen that started tonight because of injuries. Tom Herman was playing. Tom Herman was playing that game to win by this kind of score. He could not have won it by any other score. So Iowa State's like, dude, we got you. 
we know you need a slump buster coming off, you know, a moral victory against USC. And I mean, you're the new hotness, Tom. You can't be all like one and three in your first year. So let us come out, and after we're and after we're sitting by watching Brian Greasy on SportsCenter compare our running back to Saquon Barkley, let's just not give it to him at all. Even when you run three-man fronts the whole freaking second half, we won't. We still won't do it. We'll just you know we'll put him in there, and you know when when I when Penn State needed a win, are they okay? Yeah, man, they're number five in the country, defending Big Ten champs. When they needed a win last week in Iowa City, man, Saquon Barkley delivered peanuts. Saquon Barkley was 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 refilling cokes. Saquon Barkley was long snapping. Saquon Barkley was cheerleading at halftime. Uh, I mean, he did everything, everything they needed. And the last play when they needed a pass, dude, is your it was the sixth path pass blocker to make sure Trace McSorley well, stayed upright. What the hell was that by Matt Campbell out there? That's amateur hour stuff out there. Amateur hour. The whole time I thought was amateur hour. And I just think enough is enough. You don't have to. Don't hold back. Did they give you the we played hard discount? Did they give you our kids graduate price off the shirt? No. Well, at the end of the year, when they're sitting there with five wins, remember this night when Matt Campbell effectively benched his best player for reasons only Allah knows. Yeah, 10 called running plays to running backs. Montgomery with nine carries, Mike Warren with one, and then Jacob Park had five rushes, but those were basically sacks. Did they not run a three? Not, and it wasn't – I mean, Texas' defense is a 3-4. Three, so when I say a three-man front, I don't mean their basic alignment. John, they were they had three guys in the box most of the second half. Am I mm, wrong? No, you're not. You're not. Then it, why the hell are you running the ball, John? I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't – I don't understand how Campbell wasn't in the headset to the OC saying, run the freaking football. If that would have been Iowa, dude, I'd have been pissed off like you are right now. So Yeah. I mean, at the end of the year, when they're sitting there with five wins and they're telling you, hey, they played really hard and tried real hard, remember tonight when Texas was literally trying to run out the clock from pretty much the second quarter on with an, with an offensive line beyond patchwork. And you held them to – if I'd have told you tonight I Texas scored 17 points before the game started, what do you think the score is? Oh, it's 31-17? Yeah, Iowa State wins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. just you, – you're not going to get too many defensive performances given Iowa State's personnel against a team with that kind of ability who plays into it because their offensive line isn't very good right now. So you don't, you don't get too many of these opportunities. And I don't – you know, the Iowa game, Iowa's a good team. And – Akron Wadley put you know put on a cape, and and took over a game. You can't do it. And if that would have happened tonight, so be it. That's not what happened tonight. No. Iowa State allowed Texas to tell them what kind of team they were going to be tonight. And as a coach, that is the other than and that and the lack of discipline cannot happen. Those are that, those are coaching issues. And Tom Herman had hit, and Tom Herman completely outcoached Matt Campbell and his team tonight. And at the end of the year, when they're sitting there with five wins and they're not going to a bowl game and you're not going somewhere warm over the holidays, remember tonight. Unfortunately, I think you're going to be right about that. So let's get on with uh, our predictions. Last week, I went six and nine. You went eight and seven for the year. I'm 30 and 30 after four weeks. You are 29 and 31, but yet you lead the all important uh, point value, 272 to 242, as you hit on some big numbers last week. You're 15, you're 12, you're 14, and you're 10 all hit. 
That's how you get it done. Let's go on to this week's predictions. 15 games, opening lines. Nebraska is the favorite, six-and-a-half-point favorite at Illinois. I've been jocking Nebraska the last two weeks as my 15-point best bet. They've let me down both weeks. Uh, I'm not going to go with them this week as my best bet, but I am going to go with them for 13. At this point in time, I may just be being stupid. Uh, they certainly didn't play inspired ball last week against Rutgers. Illinois had a bye week. Watched it. Well, Illinois' last game was against South Florida. They looked absolutely awful, although I don't think Nebraska has the same guy under, under center to do that. Still think Nebraska can win this one by a touchdown on Friday night. Um, give me the Huskers in 13. I'm going the other way. I'm going to take the Illini. I'm going to put nine on Illinois. Nebraska just looks to me like a team ready to shut her down, ready to shut her down. And Illinois did win two home games before they did have that road game at South Florida. They've had a week off. Uh, you're right. I mean, the mobile athletic quarterback that drove the Illinois defense nuts two weeks ago, that's not on the field. And I, I just think this is – this just – Nebraska just looks like a team wanting someone to put it out of its misery. I mean, fr- Friday night, playing a game on Friday night, didn't you know, in, in September, do you think that kind of has a JV kind of feel to it? Of course it does. Yeah, of course it does. And I, I just I, I can't believe Delaney went along with it. I, I really can't. I mean, I, Friday nights are for Kusa, Maction, and whatever the hell that conference on the East Coast is called this year because it changes all the time. Okay, so that, that's what Friday night is for. It's, it's amateur. It's amateur hour. It is JV. It's terrible for high school football in the region. We're already losing a demographic battle in, in this conference as it is. The last thing we need to do is further alienate and, and you know, marginalize our high school feeder programs. I mean, how much more damn money does the league need? I say that as a capitalist, but sooner or later you reach, you reach lost leader status. And playing on Friday night does it. And that's the reason why the programs in the league that actually have clout and matter have all set up front they're not doing it. I mean, you get you get a home game. Every one of your home games, you have recruits on campus visiting your game. Illinois, they have a home game tomorrow night, Friday night, as we record this late Thursday night. How many recruits can possibly be there for that game? Not many, because they're playing. I don't get Not it. Not to mention, I would guess you'd want to. You, if you're Illinois, you're trying to win Chicago back from. Northwestern who's taken over the city and there's always been huge built-in uh, North or Notre Dame and Michigan fans in that in that city and now Iowa fans as well you're not if you're if you're those people you aren't driving from Chicago to Champaign and back on a Friday night oh bro. no way okay because life sucks enough already you're not making that drive you know <laughs> Uh, next game, SoCal, uh, USC, uh, is at Washington State. Also a Friday night game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and USC is favored by four and a half. I, I, I'm not super confident in this one, but I'm going to put two points on Washington State here. And by the way, you went the other way. You took uh, Illinois and you put nine on that one. So what are you doing in the USC-Wazoo game? We agree on this, but I'm more confident. I think USC has been clinging the last couple of weeks against uh against texas and then against um uh cal last week right. and back-to-back road games short week several slobber knockers in a row they still have several injuries on that team i think this is an ambush i'm going to put 10 on the cougars 
Minnesota is at home against Maryland. Minnesota, a 12.5 point favorite. That is a big number. But Maryland now down to their third string quarterback. Just horrible luck for them when they start the season off winning at Texas and they lose their first and second string quarterbacks. I don't know that Minnesota is deserving of this yet, but I'm going to go ahead, take Minnesota, put quite a few points on it. I'm putting 15 on Minnesota to cover 12 and a half. Yeah, this is my 15-point game as well. It's actually, when you count Caleb Henderson, the North Carolina transfer who was injured in camp and is back now, but but fell way down the depth chart in training camp because of his injury, they're technically playing their fourth-string quarterback. Wow. Now. That's insane. So, that is insane. And you have a Minnesota team that um, is coming off a bye. And don't look now, but going back to 2012, this – I, I couldn't. I had, to, I had to triple check this. I did not believe it. Minnesota is twenty-eight and three against the spread in Big Ten games, going back to two thousand and twelve. Hmm. That's like a seventy-five percent clip trend. So, uh, this is my fifteen-point game this week. Yeah, that's that's more than seventy-five percent. That's a big clip, no doubt about it. Ohio State. 28.5-point favorites on the road at Rutgers. And, and I've taken Ohio State the last couple of weeks with big numbers. They've let me down both times. But I'm going to go back to the well one more time. I'll put 12 points on the Buckeyes to cover. I'm putting most of my big pointers this week on Big Ten teams. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of huge numbers in conference games. I'll, I'll take Ohio State, but I'm only going to put six points on it. Heartland Flagpoles and Flags has flags of various shapes and sizes, banners, windsocks, and more of nearly every team and every sport. That's college, NFL, MLB, NBA, and hockey. If you feel like maybe you're the only Seattle Seahawks fan in your neighborhood, don't worry. They have flags for you as well. Heartland Flags has more than 100 Iowa Hawkeye items from flags to tiki totems, metal signs, luggage tags, and so much more. Let your fandom fly when you shop at Heartland Flags. Free shipping. Seriously, when you shop online, we're talking about free shipping. Your orders will ship for free from Heartland Flags. Heartlandflags.com is the website. Go check it out. Dace, he's a huge Michigan fan. He's a Detroit Lions fan. Rob Howe is a New York Mets fan. I went to their website. Heartlandflags.com has it for you. Again, free shipping on all orders online. Follow them on Twitter at Heartland Flags. And once again, visit them online at Heartlandflags.com. Wisconsin is at home against Northwestern. They're favored by 15. And when I saw this line, I instantly, this is just something I've learned from you through the years. Not that it really helps me week to week, um, but that seems like they're I shouldn't say I learned from you that if I learned from you I probably should have taken Wisconsin because that line looks like it's begging you to take Northwestern I'm still going to take Northwestern I'm putting 14 points on it but then the back of my mind I'm like okay isn't this where you're supposed to go Wisconsin I got 14 on this as well and I'm also going with Northwestern wow uh Pat Fitzgerald's uh record against Wisconsin has been good in fact, the last 12 years, these two teams have split 6-6. Six to six. Northwestern's won actually three of the last four. Uh, or no, is it two of the last three? So that, that includes um, two wins in Madison because they lost last year's game uh, in Evanston. Uh, or a win in Madison, cause, and they lost last year's game in Evanston. So I, I'm, I'm going to say that this is typical Northwestern. 
Um, they don't blow anybody away in the non-conference, although the level of that loss against Duke I'm still shook by. But look at last season. We wrote them off after the way they started the mm-hmm. year. Okay, and they were one of the few Big Ten teams that ended up winning a bowl game last year. So uh, I just think these two teams have each other's numbers. They play evenly matched games, slobber knocker games. So I'll take Northwestern with the more experienced quarterback. And by the way, Justin Jackson in his, it has three in his three games career against Wisconsin. Two of them, he's rushed for well over 100 yards. Hmm. Those have been against really good Wisconsin no defenses. Doubt. No doubt about it. Penn State, 17.5-point favorites over Indiana in Happy Valley. I'm putting 15 points on the Nittany Lions. A little concerned about a letdown emotionally after last week's big win. And if this was 16.5, I'd feel better than 17.5. But still, I think they're going to roll 15. Yeah, I'm with you. But again, I'm not a huge fan of laying big numbers in conference games and and given that uh the history of these two teams where indiana has actually played penn state very tough indiana has gone to the postseason the last two years in a row i would consider this to be a big number but i'll take plus it could it could also be a letdown spot for penn state after that huge emotional win but i'll 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 lay the number but i'm only gonna put five on it florida is home against vanderbilt they are seven and a half point favorites vanderbilt last week lost to alabama 59 to nothing at home I'm taking Vanderbilt because I like their defense, even though they lost 59-0 to Alabama. Only putting five on it, though. Um, this is actually the strongest trend game in college football this week. Every trend in this game favors Vanderbilt, every single one. Uh, in the last two years, Vanderbilt, Florida has won this game two years in a row, but the scores were 13-6 to and 10-9, I think. So... I'll take Vanderbilt here as well, and I'm going to put 13 points on the Commodores. Hmm. Georgia is on the road at Tennessee. Um, Georgia, a good couple of weeks. Tennessee, not so good. Got to think their coach is playing out the string. Seven and a half, that hook there makes me a little concerned, but I'm going to go ahead and put eight on the road team Georgia to cover. Yeah, I don't know what to think about this. I, I – I can't ever get a read on Butch Jones' teams, man. They they just seem to battle when you give up. They seem to give up when you think they're going to battle. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I literally don't know. So I'm putting two points on Tennessee at home. I, but that way, it, there's one other game we'll get to later. There's two games on this list I just have no feel for, and this is one of them. Auburn is at uh, home against Mississippi State. Auburn's a 10-point favorite. That is a big number against a Mississippi State team that looked really good a couple of weeks ago against LSU. Didn't look so good last week. I'll put six points on Mississippi State to cover. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the number is an overreaction because of how they played against Georgia. I just think Georgia might be really good. I was very high on them going into the season. I just think they just might be really good. And Dan Mullen is is one of the strongest road underdog trend coaches in the SEC. Now, obviously, that didn't work out last week. But I think that means the odds that two weeks in a row he sees that happen are not good. I think Auburn will win. But I think this is a closely fought game all the way. So I'm going to take the Bulldogs with the points and put 12 points on Mississippi State. Clemson is on the road at Virginia Tech. Clemson is favored by seven. Now, it's not like you're calling for a huge upset here when you're only going to put one point in the game. But I think Virginia Tech is going to win this game outright. I'll take Virginia Tech, putting one point on it. 
I'm taking Virginia Tech too. I'm putting 11 points on the Hokies. Actually, I think that um, I think that they will win the game straight up. I think this will be a dramatically different environment than what uh, they faced against Louisville. And you know, Virginia Tech as a program is is built very much like Clemson in terms of their style, the way they play defense. And so I, th- I think this is also going to – I think that, that the new Clemson quarterback is going to see some things he's not seen before, uh, a lot of different blitz angles and things of that nature from, you know, Bud Foster's 3-4 defense. I think Virginia Tech pulls the upset as well. I'm with you. Oklahoma State goes on the road to Texas Tech after losing last week against TCU. 13.5 points is what they're favored by. I'm going to put 10 points on Oklahoma State. I think this game probably, I don't know what the total is. I would think it's somewhere in the 80s, and I think it'll go over that. But I'll put 10 on the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, to me, this looks pretty simple. Oklahoma State probably pissed off after losing last week. You go play Texas Tech. Who's the same system you run, but you have better players? You're you're nine and three against the spread the last twelve matchups. Yet I've watched this spread get bet down a full four points this week. A full four points. Now it's not the biggest that a spread has been bet down this week. Another game's been bet down a full five points. That's BYU and Utah State. But this one was bet down a full four points. So I'm sticking with Oklahoma State, but I'm worried now. Because I, I'm looking at, 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 at the amount of money it takes to move a line that many points. That means that's not, you know, the public playing a game at 100 bucks a pop. People, are, people that are serious players put on some serious money to move a line that many points. So I'm going to stick with Oklahoma State, but I'm only going to put three points on it because I'm scared of how that line has moved. Florida State is on the road at Wake Forest. They're favored by nine and a half. And Wake Forest, man. I, Florida State didn't look good last week. But still, I'm going to throw three points at the Seminoles here. Well, they're 0-2. They're outside the top 25 for the first time since 2011, and they started the number three in the preseason poll. You know, I, again, this line's been bet down a full two points from where it opened. But I, I just have to believe at some point the fact that there's not a single guy on Wake Forest that would start for Florida State, maybe their quarterback would. I don't know if he's any good, if he's, if he's that bad. Uh, I didn't think the freshman quarterback at Florida State was the reason they lost last week. I thought he actually played pretty well, all things considered. So I'm going to just I'm just going to say just the law of averages. There's too much talent on the Seminole roster to be 0 and 3, and at some point they're going to make somebody pay for the way the season has started. I'm going to say it's this week in the Demon Deacons. I'll put seven on the Seminoles. Texas A&M is at home, nine and a half point favorites against South Carolina. South Carolina, not a great team. Texas A&M, certainly not a consistent team. Already a roller coaster to the season, just four weeks into it. I'll put four points on the Aggies to cover the nine and a half. There's some incredible trends in this game, and they're all against A&M. Kevin Sumlin is a terrible home favorite. Um, they're one and six against the spread in their last seven games. He's three and ten against the spread in his last thirteen conference games. So I'm going to take South Carolina with the points here and put eight points on it. Oregon is at home, sixteen and a half point favorites against Cal. Cal looked well. They had what five or six turnovers last week against USC and covered the spread for me. Um, still, I think Oregon in their home stadium environment tough to beat i don't think cal's ready for a road game i'll put seven on the ducks i'm going with the ducks as well i'm gonna put four on it because i'm not really sure what cal is really i mean 
they they were in that game in the fourth quarter despite committing five turnovers against USC. So I don't know what to think about them. Um, so I'll, I'll put four points on Oregon because, to me, I, I still don't have a feel for what Cal is. All right, our last game, and it's the Iowa game. Michigan State uh, is the home team. They're favored by three. I don't have the history of Iowa-Michigan State lines in front of me, but I can't imagine there's too many point spreads between these teams that have been much larger than three to five points over the course of their last six, seven, eight meetings. Um, you know, I can see this game going either way. I can make a case for Iowa being an emotionally letdown spot here, an emotional letdown spot from last week. Uh, I could put, you know, Michigan State, they also lost at home in a much bigger way when they didn't play all that well with regards to turnovers uh, against Northwestern. They put up some yards, but a lot of those yards came late when they were already down by double digits. So I don't really think that they were being the team that they are normally going to try to be week in, week out. I actually think Iowa's better at quarterback here. Iowa's already played in a tough road environment this season. That'll probably be just as loud, if not louder, than what they're going to face at Michigan State. I'm going to put nine points on Iowa to cover. This is the other game I have. I, I just, I don't know. Both teams played night games. Um, both teams played primetime headline opponents in those night games. Michigan State actually moved the ball pretty much at will against Notre Dame and then just could not get out of its own way, similar to what we were just talking about with Cal. Um, Iowa was just dominated, but found you know a way to grind out um, enough field position and points that to actually hold the lead until the very last play of the game against the defending big 10 champions. And that was a slug fest. That game was, I mean, those two teams just stood in the center of the ring and just threw haymakers at one another. So I don't know, John, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, my guess would be because of the trajectory of the programs that Iowa is a slightly better bet to bounce back quickly than Michigan State, although the game is in East Lansing. And you have to figure for Sparty, their sense of urgency of, of where they're at if they lose two in a row and where their psyche is after the way things snowballed, them, uh, snowballed on them a year ago. And if they lose this game, their next two games, they go on the road to Michigan and Minnesota. Okay, so I <sighs> – I think in, the intangibles are 50-50. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a read at all. I'm going to take Iowa, and I'm putting one point on it. Yeah, I, I, I could see it going either way as well. No no doubt about it. And um, I, I, I would be surprised if Iowa came out uh, didn't play physically. That doesn't mean they won't come out flat offensively. But I actually think the offense – I just hope that Brian Ferentz, as he watched the film last week, in hindsight, I don't think it was a horrible game for him. But I think the first half, you know, they could have kicked it into gear a little earlier than what they did in the second half. So hopefully uh, some lessons will be learned there as as well. But Iowa and Michigan State, they typically play phone booth football. And I think that's, you know, plays into both teams' defensive strengths. It certainly plays into Iowa. So won't be surprised at either outcome. All right, that will do it for this week's uh, installment of our picks. We will be back at it this weekend. For Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you then.